Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. Who didn't watch Eurovision this year. Change of plans, guys. We promised you Eurovision, but we have a Mm -hmm. breaking update from Kiersey and Kelsey's quarantine corner. All case. Yeah. (laughs) And that update is that Eurovision 2020 was a sham. It was sad. It was very upsetting. (laughs) It was, in fact, more upsetting to me than if they had just said, you know what? No Eurovision at all. You get nothing. No content for you. Yeah. And I think because they didn't clearly explain what we were getting, my hopes were different than the result. Yes. Yes. Same. Like, I went into this. They announced that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And they said they were going to do some sort of, like, COVID special remote Eurovision that wasn't actually going to count for voting purposes. Yeah. Fine. All the local events has already happened and they've already picked their delegates. Is that what you call yeah. them? No, nominees. Um, Whatever they are. Contestants, and, I think? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Doesn't matter. And so I thought we were going to see like a clip show of all the live performances that were supposed to happen from those events. Yes. And then that would be that with some like posting blabber in between. Yes. So, <laughs> well, Kirstie, tell them what actually happened. So what actually happened was we get a cold open that's a montage of all of the streets of every major city in Europe just <laughs> fucking empty with this, like, swelling orchestra so that you know that some shit is up mm-hmm. in the world and that this is symbolism. And then we pan through an empty stadium to three hosts in ball gowns standing on a stage with no audience. Yeah. And they tell us that it is the Eurovision Shine a Light on it special (laughs) or some (laughs) shit. (laughs) Shine on Europe. (laughs) I don't know. There's something to do with shining. Yeah. (laughs) And, And then it was like like there were they brought in some like old Eurovision people like some guy who won Eurovision three times and yeah. he sang a song and then they had these like mini packages of each of the performers where it was like a very brief preview of their song and then like a little talking head that they filmed with their own iPhone yeah. wherever they're quarantining being like COVID is sad, but music will bring us all together. <laughs> I believe one person actually said music will prevail. Yep. Which felt like a, a sen- sentiment <laughs> that they chose to share. <laughs> it was basically like a smattering of brand COVID commercials. Yes. For two hours. Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. And then they would like interview people and be like, so how are you doing? And then there'd be a really long lag, and they'd be like, yeah, COVID. (laughs) And then it ended with all of them, 
doing like a Zoom call sing along. Yeah. To to which point, let's all just put it on the table here. <laughs> Five thousand candles in the wind on the Parks and Rec special was the only Eurovision shine a light on this shit that I needed to see in twenty twenty. Want to shine a light on something this year? Go back and watch the Parks and Rec special. <laughs> Please. Don't waste your time with Eurovision. Yeah, it was sad. The spirit of Eurovision lives on in Lil' Sebastian and in yes. our hearts. Yes. So, anyway, we watched it, we took some notes, and then we gave up a lot. And now we're just kind of sad. Um, but next year will be the 2020 do-over. Because yeah. they're just going to have the same people perform yeah. in 2021. So hopefully Eurovision 2021 will just be off the fucking charts insane. That is the hope. There was, like, some promise for some of the videos that we mm-hmm. saw. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember Russia in particular yep. has got some really unhinged content. And I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to see that. There, yeah, there are some there are some real bangers. There is some mm-hmm. really interesting choreography. Yeah, um, it definitely seems like a much stronger lineup than the 2019. I agree. Performers. Yeah. So hopefully this extra year gives them t- some time to do some soul searching, to find some new set design, things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, we're hopeful, but. <laughs> In, in lieu of talking about Eurovision for another half hour. <laughs> Which I could do if I if pressed. If pressed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk to you about something that brought us a lot more joy and shone a lot more light on yes. our hearts. <laughs> the thing that we are going to shine a light on in this episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna shine a light on Kiersey's feelings. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, you guys. <laughs> Speaking of unhinged, I don't know where this is gonna go. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about all the feelings you had when I said this is gonna be a I contained well, episode. I- <laughs> and in fairness, I forgot about all of those feelings a little bit until you said we we're gonna shine a light on my feelings. And then it was like, uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely an uh-uh. Uh-uh. So, um, at any rate, that that thing that we are going to shine a light on is the Netflix show Never Have I Ever. Yes. We're very excited to be talking about this. Yeah. So, yeah. Never Have I Ever came out, like, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's the You Mindy did it Kaling as your show. Quarantine Corner update, like, two episodes ago, I think. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, it's a Mindy Kaling show, and I had a lot of high hopes for this show, and I was so happy that it was actually as good as advertised. Um... <laughs> I remember hearing about it on her, like, Instagram when they were trying to f- cast it. Because she was looking for, like, a an Indian-American girl who hadn't been in anything before. Mm-hmm. And 
I was like, maybe this will be promising. And <laughs> I just had this moment where my brain anticipated you pausing after maybe. <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there, but it's really funny. Oh, boy. The joke here is that Kelsey's white. Yeah, maybe this 30-year-old Swede can really... <laughs> oh my god. That's my anyway. girl vision. Um, a high school kid. And, She's a sophomore. Yeah. And she has two best friends. One is a, like, a STEM kid, and one is a theater kid. Mm-hmm. And she is, they all are in the, like, achieving category, I would say. Yes. Um, They're, like, they- not cool yeah. But they're, like, the kinds of kids who are building college resumes. Yeah. Um, her big, like, story arc is basically getting over her dad's death and learning to get along with her mom and, like, build a relationship with her mom. And they, she also has a hot cousin who lives with them. <laughs> and she really wants to get laid. Yeah. Is that about cover it? <laughs> that's about that's about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ju- jump in. <laughs> Throw some thoughts out there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go from there. It's a really overwhelming prospect. Um. So, having been in high school once upon a time... Mm. And having been, like, minorly traumatized by the experience of being in high school, like many of us were, <laughs> I think <laughs> the thing I appreciate about this show the most is how, like, how, like, accurately mm-hmm. it deals with being uncool <laughs> in high <Yeah>. school. <laughs> because it's very casual, about being uncool, but it's also very upfront about how most teenagers desire being cool, but don't really know what it is other than maybe drinking beer and having sex sometimes. Yes. It's like this very shallow understanding. Yes. It's how- super specific. Yes. It's not like they're uncool in in. A 1985 high school movie would show someone who's uncool. Like, they they don't all have, like, giant braces and headgear and, like, I don't know. They they aren't... Because they're achieving in some way, they're not, like, a traditionally nerd group. Yes. But they're a very accurate depiction of a certain high school group group. Of which I guess I would probably have been a part to some extent. Yeah, they definitely encapsulate, like, a solid sample size of what my high school group was like. Yes. 
I was probably closest to a Davy in the sense that I was like, I didn't have anything in particular. I was just mm-hmm. kind of like normal, but I had a lot of friends who were theater kids and had like very specific aspects mm-hmm. to their personality. I think I had more friends on the, what's her other friend's name? Fabiola. Yeah. Which is a great name. It is a great name. I feel like I was a little bit more in that side of things. But mm-hmm. I think what they got right about those three in particular and about the character of Ben, who's like Davy's rival, kind of. Oh, he's great. He's great. We'll talk about him more. But is that like, they're both trying to different degrees in terms of like popularity and whatever that means and also in terms of like how much effort they have to put into being smart Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i thought was smart (laughs) yes (laughs) um yeah i think their high school stuff is really good they're very good at high school stuff and it didn't feel like most of the time teen shows feel like Riverdale, where it's, like, very Mm -hmm. clearly someone in their 30s and 40s wrote this. Did you read my mind? (laughs) (laughs) But this, like, I mean, it's obviously kind of adult, but, like, a teen could watch it, and it would be fine. And I think they would relate. But it also feels like reflecting on being a teenager. Yeah. The one thing that sticks out to me is, like, on that same note, a lot of the shows we watched in high school, right? Like, your One Tree Hills or OCs mm. or Gossip Girls, whatever. Like, they're not actually interested in telling high school stories. No. They're interested in telling, like, adult stories dropped in onto high school, high school. For, like, no discernible reason. Yeah, it's really weird. But the shows that I ended up, like, as, as much as those are fun, <laughs> the shows that I ended up really liking for the reasons that they actually, like, wanted to tell stories about, like, being a teenager in high school and stuff were, like, your Everwoods and Mm. your Gilmore Girls and stuff like that. And I think this sort of fits in that world where it's, like, actually interested in telling teenage stories and not, like, teen wedding. Yes. (laughs) Plus murder. (laughs) What's great about it, though, is that if you look at, like, your Everwoods... Yeah. And even your Gilmore Girls, to some extent, like, those are still, like, very adult-centric shows. They feel like they're, like, preaching to the teens that they are targeting. Everwood in particular. Yeah. It's very preachy. (laughs) Like, those are intended to be, like, family shows so that, like, the parents and the teens can have something to connect over. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it gives the parents some, like, fodder to, like, yeah. talk about the issues. Yeah. I don't know that this is so much trying to do that, but it does no. to some degree. It gets there, and that's that's what's scary about it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's too powerful. It's too powerful for its own good. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so, speaking of parents, do we want to talk about parents? Sure. Can we talk about Hot Dad first? 
Oh my god, he is so hot. So hot. He is so <laughs> hot. Like, I was so sad that we didn't get more of him because he is a hot dad. Ooh. I loved every scene, though. <laughs> How tall is he? He would. <laughs> you had to know. Is this him? Yes, this is him. He's very hot. He's very hot. Google is being mean to me. He is 5'10". 5'10". You know what? That tracks. He's hot. Yeah, he is hot. You're right. Being tall is not a prerequisite to being hot. It's just that tall men tend to be disproportionately considered hot when really they're just tall. Right. So that's fine. He's very hot. And also 5'10". Yes. Anyway. Anyway. He's hot and he was so great. And he's very nice. He's very nice dad. Yeah. Which is kind of the whole point of the whole thing. Yeah. I and the mom is incredible. Fucking love her mom. I love her so much. She's probably my favorite character on this whole show. Agreed. And um fuck, what was I just gonna say? Oh, I thought like their dynamic, which we can get into when we talk about your feelings. <laughs> But the dynamic that they show in the flashbacks towards the end mm-hmm. of the season felt super real. So real. They, like, tap into the core of parent-child conflict as a teenager. Yes. Like, I think I had those same arguments. <laughs> yes. It's not exactly the same, like, eerily similar yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big, like, issue for Davy is that she was closer to her dad, and she doesn't feel like she is understood by her mom, and her mom doesn't feel like she understands her daughter. Yes. And it's a whole thing. And it's a whole thing. And it's partly that- because, like, I think they do a good job, and I'm sure Mindy Kaling is (laughs) the right person to be doing this, but I feel like they do a good job of showing, like, and this is where some criticism comes from, too, of her, like, she is an Indian American and not from India Indian. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, poses some challenges. Like, her mom's still trying to, like, force some traditions on her and like make her understand like her upbringing and culture too Mm -hmm. and i think like it's clear without being like overbearing like the differences between them and where that's stemming from i've been thinking a lot too about the ways in which that they're like so similar Mm -hmm. so there's like the entire episode where the whole plot is just that davy is like a hothead yeah and it's like, we're going to explore her temper and how it's related to her trauma. Mm-hmm. But, like, her mom is exactly the same way. Oh, like, yeah. That's kind of, like, the whole thing, right? Is that her mom mm-hmm. keeps, like, blowing up at her. And where it, like, really struck me was in the second to last episode, I think, when she's having the flashback where she remembers hearing spoilers, her Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, 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 spoilers. Oh, so many spoilers. Oh, God. <laughs> I won't say it. She has the flashback. Well, you can say it now. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> just had to give the warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and she hears her mom say, like, she's no daughter of mine. Yeah. Where it's like, I mean, she is, though, isn't she? Like, mm-hmm. listen to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then I think that's all, like, exacerbated by her cousin who's staying with them, who's also, like, she's from India, right? And she's just here for college. Yep. And so she has, like, more traditional values on the surface. But she's also super great and has, like, a lot more layers um, to, like, what she wants and doesn't want. But she's trying to, like, play a part for her aunt, too. They give her some really good comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, just these little, like, throwaway lines. <laughs> I do love it when she watches Riverdale and is like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's very good. So I feel like the thing that got me about the show that no, not a single living soul prepared me for. Yeah. Including you. Just okay. Wow. For what it's worth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Shots fired. Is, is the way that, and buckle up, because this is wild, the way that the show used narrative structure to both lead you to and misdirect you from the place they wanted you to end up. Emotionally. <laughs> Did you know that that's a thing you can do with storytelling? I- I've heard. Whoa. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've been watching Outlander, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was wild uh, because it was subtle. Mm. It was very intentional. Yeah. Uh, looking back, I see how they got me there every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it coming. <laughs> you were rattled. I was shook. You were. I I literally for like hours for the rest of the afternoon I watched it during my kids nap time. I was like sewing masks or some shit. Yeah. And I had to like turn my machine off. And I just kind of like sat for a little <laughs> while. And then I was just like a blob. I like cried through the entire last episode. I did so much crying. I did a lot of crying. And for anyone who has been with us for a while, you'll know that I often say that I don't, like, have, like, external emotional reactions to content. Mm. And, wow. Like, the the end of the second to last episode, I don't, I don't even know how it happened but like they start with the flashbacks and i just started sobbing and i was like i literally texted kelsey and was like i don't know what's happening (laughs) (laughs) see that one didn't get me because it felt like the exact same argument that happens in the everwood pilot Mm. and so i was expecting it and they really Mm -hmm. use the same punchline they do it's true and i was like okay but then the next episode, I was, like, a shell of a human. <laughs> I think what did it was that, like, so the the whole thing, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoilers. 
so they're walking you the whole time through her trauma and her inability to deal with her grief. And she's like in therapy and her therapist wants to talk about how hard it was for her to lose her dad. Yeah. And then you get through all these flashbacks in the second to last episode and you finally drill down like you finally have that breakthrough moment that like her therapist was trying to get to where it was like it's not just that her dad died it's that she and her she had these feelings about her mom and her dad was like the thing between her and her mom and Mm -hmm. like she felt like her dad loved her more and like all of this stuff that's like so like the reason she couldn't get to just her grief about her dad is because it was grief about so many more things yeah than just that and because they like keep the focus pretty narrow and like keep her from recognizing any of that stuff for the mm-hmm. entire season then like you just get fucking hit with it so in that moment i was like oh shit yeah oh my god that's a lot for one person mhm <laughs> but it also didn't feel fight. like it didn't feel like too much ever like it felt grounded still yes yeah yeah it wasn't like a gratuitous amount of feeling no and it wasn't like if this were jane the virgin it would be a lot Mm. more like wild and twisty and out there yes and this was like very understandable and practical and like you could imagine anyone feeling this way and having these like layers of emotions with their parent or whoever you know, the thing about it is I have absolutely zero interest in a season two just for that reason. Like, they set out with a goal. Mm-hmm. They got us to a specific place where everybody had this, like, specific outcome. And we kind of, like, closed the loop on it. Yeah. You know, she, like, she had her emotional breakthrough, so she's able to start dealing with her grief. She and her mom have, like, reached a place of understanding she now has two different boys that are interested in her. Mm-hmm. Like, she got everything she wanted and everything she needed. And I have no interest in trying to get back into any of that stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't mind spending more time with these people, but I don't think Correct. it would be as rich. Correct. Well, I think it becomes Outlander Syndrome. Yeah. Sure. Where it's like, these characters in this world is like so fun and so interesting and it's so great to spend time with them Mm -hmm. but like we kind of got everything we needed to get out of the old shit so um yeah now like i guess we gotta like they would have to like send her to princeton and it would have to be like a whole thing right Mm -hmm. and well she's got two more years of high school come on now i feel like you would have to time jump because like They've already they've already talked about all the high school things. They already did all the partying. They already talked mm-hmm. about how awkward it is to try to have sex. Mm-hmm. They already talked about um, college resumes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They already had a friend break up. I feel like I could see them doing, like, a summer season, though. Mm. The summer between high school and college. Sure. That's, like, a done deal. Sign it off. <laughs> Yeah. I see what you're saying. I know because of the Netflix machine, like, there's no way they won't milk a season two out of this. For sure. I just, like, 
And, like, it would probably still be, like, good television. Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably still be fun to watch, because the show is delightful. Delightful. It's Even though it takes you on this fucking ride in mm-hmm. the last episode and a half or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, it is so much fun. It's really fun. Um, so, you know, a season two would be fun. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's, like, still stories to tell. Yeah. I just think they, like, did everything that they needed to do, and they did it with so much focus and so much Mm -hmm. intentionality. And they, like, stuck the landing, Mm -hmm. like, so fucking well that I, I, like, kind of want to preserve it. Like, I want to put it in a little feelings bubble and just keep it safe forever. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely, like, they hit a good balance too where like in the last episode you're like you said this too like you're sobbing but like things are funny yeah <laughs> and you're like i don't know what's happening i don't know what's happening <laughs> like why am i crying at john McEnroe? i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well because it's still like like you can feel like davy's desperation and like that like horrifying sense that like you're about to, you're like so close and you're about to miss it but then also mm-hmm. it's like He's screaming, and he sounds so absurd. And and it's like I, too, am standing on the beach just screaming, like, help! (laughs) Wait! Yeah. It was really perfect. And then it's like... So so there's all of those ups and downs because it's like she and her mom are still fighting and then her mom goes to therapy and there's feelings and then mm. it's like her mom tries to make up with her and then more feelings and then there's all there's like five other things that happen and then they go and do the thing on the beach and then she comes back into the car and she and what's his face make out and then you the camera pans down and the phone is buzzing <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's Paxton. And I just, like, I was already just a giant ball of nerves and emotion. And I was like, oh, shit. No! Oh, my God, it's all happening. Oh, it's all happening. <laughs> okay, can, this is this is the time. <laughs> okay, oh, boy. <laughs> can we just debate these two man boys? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> So I think I think they are both very nice boys and both equally deserving of her and she should date them both somehow. Wow. That's so I don't know how, diplomatic of you. Yes. I think there are pros and cons and I would enjoy making a list. <laughs> okay. So Ben is we mentioned her like school rival. Yes. He's uh, he gets his own dedicated episode, which is a delight. Oh my god, that was such a good episode. And they have Andy Samberg narrate, which is a delight. <laughs> I had a moment, which I have with Andy Samberg all the time. I don't know what I have against this dude. But where I was like, I forget sometimes that he's like, got a sweet side. You've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine for years. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have this bizarre bias against Andy Samberg, even though I like him a great deal. I can't wow. explain it. Um, yeah, so his whole deal is that, like, his parents are really rich and kind of forget about him. 
uh, and so he's lonely a lot, but he doesn't show it, and he really wants to, like, be in with the popular crowd, so he puts on, like, a facade. Mm-hmm. And then there's Paxton, <laughs> who's hot. Who's <laughs> such a hot boy that he's, like, the most well-known high schooler in, like, their whole geographic area in California. Can I reveal his height? Yes. How tall is he? 5'10". Oh my god! He's hot. <laughs> it is a good night for, like, mid-height men. I think he's also old enough that we can objectify him without feeling creepy. You know, I, at the ripe old age of 30, have come to realize that that is just a real sticky wicket. <laughs> <laughs> there is, like, not an appropriate age of man at this age, to, as it turns out. He was, He's only two years younger than me. Really? Yeah, we can objectify him. Oh, we can objectify the hell out of him. That's fine. He's hot. <laughs> he's very hot. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment in this entire show... Yep. Um, despite every good thing it's doing, it <laughs> is the one moment... Where they're at a classmate's house, and the mom comes in and is like, Ooh, Paxton, I bet you could lift me up and put me down. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Um, I did look up the height of the actor who plays Ben. Yeah. And I I found this weird website. No. <laughs> Do you find the dark web? It's called. <laughs> I just said this to you. I don't know if I can even like get it out, but it's called heightzone.com. No. <laughs> Are you watching your side project right now? <laughs> to lure me into their web like <laughs> they found it I will click on anything that might reveal the height of various male actors <laughs> but anyway yeah, no. on com, there's 10 facts about Jaron Lewison and fact oh my God. number 4 Act number four is Jaren's height as well as weight remains a mystery to date. <laughs> Don't worry, Kirstie's on the case now. <laughs> Heightzone.com not only doesn't know how tall this man is, but... <laughs> But it also made it rhyme. (laughs) This website is a danger to you. Isn't it horrible? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so height remains unclear. I think he's shorter. He's short. Um, I think he's got short. This website claims he's five four. That feels right. That's very short. Yeah, but he's, I think he's got super short man energy. And that's he definitely he, has short man energy. Yeah. But it kind of works for him. Like, he's not, like, I mean, he's too young to say anything objectifying about. He's, like, 18. Mm. Um, But, I mean, he's, like, a cute boy, for sure. But he's definitely got short man energy. 
Yeah, and he's like, um, he's like borderline insufferable a lot of the time, but they do some work to help his character. It's like he's insufferable as a front. Like, he knows he's, like, insufferable, and that's, like, his whole game plan. Yeah. I felt like their little romantic thing at the end was kind of forced. Yes, but I think in a way that's believable to me, like, given how desperate she is. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, none of, like, Davy's whole motivation is just that she's desperate for any boy yeah. to like her mm-hmm. and to get any kind of action with anyone. Yeah. And so the, the bar is set low. Right. And also, she's a teenager. And so, like,. <clears throat> They, you don't when you when you're in high school, anything can be a grand romantic gesture. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that part of it felt very real <laughs> to me. <laughs> I was just thinking about your your high school romance. <laughs> As you're like, yeah, anything's a grand romantic gesture, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like the crusty crust of someone who married their high school boyfriend. that you could buy on, like, Valentine's Day. And you could, like, choose what, like, block, what, like, period, I don't know. It was, uh, do all high schools have those? Yeah, some variation on them, yeah. Okay. Um, You wanted it delivered. And at the time, my high school had a schedule where three days of the week you had eight periods and however many days are left, two days of the week, you only had four. Yeah. So Valentine's Day was on a four-period day that year. And... (laughs) My now husband had written me a one poem in four stanzas and it paid for four carnations so that one would be delivered to me at every period of the day. But then we had this huge blizzard. It's like it was a big enough blizzard that people in Vermont still talk about it. The Valentine's Day blizzard. And so school was canceled that day. This feels like the setup for a homework. <laughs> I went over to his house, and it, it did actually cause a huge fight between my mom and I. Like, Oops. she didn't want me to go over. I somehow managed to talk her into letting me go over for, like, an hour. Anyway, so my best friend was dating his best friend, and his best friend lived with him at the time. Mm-hmm. So all four of us were there, and... His best friend was pretending to be sick, so he got out of shoveling the driveway. 
So then my now husband spent the entire like hour that I was there outside shoveling the driveway. And our two best friends who were dating were fighting the whole time. (laughs) So then my mom comes over and picks me up. And we start driving home. And at this point, the snow is like buck wild. And about halfway home, the snow is so heavy and wet that her, the motor on her windshield wipers burned out. <laughs> so we were driving home, <laughs> both having to take turns leaning out our windows to manually wipe the windshield. <laughs> and it took like an hour to drive. Like our two houses at the time were like one straight road apart from each other. Oh my God. And it took like an hour to drive that distance. And the whole time my mom was just like reaming me out <laughs> because she didn't want me to go. And I insisted on going. And this is what she told me was going to happen. <laughs> And so anyway, school was canceled for like days. And when we finally all came back to school, oh, it was also, I think, right before winter break or something, because it was like a week and a half had passed by the time we came back to school. And they finally went and handed out all the carnations. But now it was an eight period day. So I I only got them every other period instead of every (laughs) period. (laughs) Were they in the right order? In the correct order, yes. Mm. Um. And I do still have them. So this is all to say <laughs> that anything in high school could be a romantic gesture. <laughs> could be a romantic gesture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I will that's say. That's how the show gets you. I felt like I literally gasped out loud when her and Paxton kissed. Mm, me too. I think that because, was such like, a payoff. the show does a good job of, like, keeping you in her head. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's surprised by it, and so you are too. Yeah. But it was also, like, as hot as a high school kiss can be. Mm-hmm. I was here for it. Yeah. And I feel like they captured the, like feeling of experiencing like that in high school well like your first kiss and being like so surprised by it and whatever right the the like the novelty yes of it all plus he's so hot (laughs) he is a very hot boy i do feel like like his characterization is a bit weak it's a little uneven, but I understand what they were going for. Yeah, I just feel like they, I don't know, they equally, like, give him a bad rap for no clear reason. Yeah. And don't give him enough shit in other times. Like, he will straight up, like, ignore her. And I feel like that's weird. <laughs> I, that also felt real to me, though. Because he's, like, a very, very popular boy operating under, like, the yeah. peer pressure of high school. Like, Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. There was just a lot working on him. <laughs> and I don't know, like, where I fall on it. Because, like, there were some moments where they were trying to be, like, He's a nice boy because he cares about his sister. Like, okay. And then his, like, her mom judges him because he's not smart. 
See, that whole thing I thought was stupid. I could have done without that subplot. Yeah. Because there's no real, like, they say that he's repeating a class, but besides that, there's no real evidence that he, like, isn't smart because he's repeating an AP class. Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) It's fine. Well, and even then, it was fine for it to just be on the assumption that he's hot because that, I mean, that's like a dichotomy that we're all well familiar with. Right, right. That, like, the show also sets up. Um, But also, it just, like, yeah, it was unnecessary. Unless it was just to, like, continue, you know, putting the wedge between her and her mom, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, because then it seemed like they were trying to open up a feelings hole that they didn't quite go down. No, that was a little unnecessary. Yeah. But this is, like, really finding things to complain about, because overall it's... because it's, like... It's so good. ...pretty much perfect. The other thing that I thought was noteworthy about it is that every individual element of it is flawless in ways that I don't understand. Like, the narrator mm-hmm. is flawless, and I mm-hmm. don't understand how they executed that. And the overall, like, tone, like, the way that the characters speak, and, like, the way the dialogue is written, like, really fucking works, and I don't understand how they dialed that in so well. Mm-hmm. Like, the general, like, rhythm and pacing, like, <clears throat> every single element of it is so perfect and it all like meshes together and i don't understand when a show does it right like that Mm. i cannot wrap my mind around all of the things that had to happen creatively but all work that seamlessly Mm -hmm. i think my favorite thing in terms of dialogue that I want to bring into my life more, is people being referred to as uggos. <laughs> you know, back in the aughts, I threw that around quite freely. I, like, have not heard uggo in such a long time, and then <laughs> Kamala's, like, husband setup comes over, and she just goes, oh, you're hot, we were expecting an uggo. <laughs> And then he says, well, thank you for not thinking I'm an uggo. Uggo. It's just such a gracious line. I think even a lot of the, like, like, he's good. Like, all of these, not even secondary characters, like, tertiary characters are so Mm -hmm. funny. Like, they have one teacher who's really into, like... Oh, he's the best. Being woke. Yes. (laughs) And it's amazing (laughs) and he kind of like devolves over the course of the season and like he keeps trying to think of these like cool things for them to work on like he's like make an app if you were in world war ii but you had cell phones and they're like can we just do anything that's on the ap exam (laughs) (laughs) he was one of my favorites and their principal was also one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Who just like walks around the school like yelling nonsense at people. Yes. Oh man. Um anything else that we need to touch on here? That was my whole list. I think it is wonderful. I do agree. It's just like a happy little microcosm. Hmm. And it also reminded me that I am very happy that th- that being young is behind me. Yes. <laughs> In a way that it's like, 
it's more fond than other reflections of teenage life have left me feeling. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm so glad I don't have to be young again. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm over the phase of fighting with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Like, fighting with my mother, fighting with my friends, worrying about boys, like, that is... Yeah. No one needs that. No one needs it. No. But it's it's relatable content. It is. And also, again, 10 30-minute episodes is, like, a dream scenario. Oh my god, it was so watchable. Mm-hmm. I remember some years ago, I think when we were still in the time of this podcast saying that I wanted the long seasons because I needed the content. That was a different time, huh? That was a different time. I don't know who the fuck I was back then or what business I had asking the gods for content. In fairness, Kirstie, I think that was when Netflix put out like five shows a year. Okay. Fair enough. It was a different time. And they didn't have a lot of streaming rights. Like, it's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I'll allow you to have had that opinion because I think I had it too. Yeah, I think a lot of us did. We've all grown. We've all grown as people and have come to understand that there are many ways to tell stories, and a lot of them are incorrect. Yeah. Most people need an editor. Yeah. The the ongoing theme of this podcast. (laughs) Things I've learned from Outlander in life. Yeah. Everyone needs an editor. But Never Have I Ever really doesn't need an editor. They had an editor. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They had an editor who was not afraid no. And we are all better for it. Yeah. And I'm so happy for Mindy Kaling. <laughs> Me too. As a, as a person. Me too. She's She's got a good thing going, I think. She does. I was worried for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Because Four Weddings and a Funeral was not good. Oh, that's right. We had mm-hmm. a whole panic. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen that, but... I watched one episode, and I was like, okay... Because we knew about Never Have I Ever when that came out, and then you mm-hmm. got scared. Yeah. Yeah. But good news, this was a delight. Do you have a read on what happened there? No. Like how I don't. these two things came out to be so different? It could be a Hulu versus Netflix thing. I don't think that's mm. 100% it. I think. Well, Four Weddings and a a Funeral was an adaptation Mm. or a remake, I guess, of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think she, this is super speculating, she loves rom-coms. And Mm -hmm. I think at some point, like, you get so wrapped up in wanting to do something right that it may just not Mm. turn out right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this show could pull things from that genre, but could also tell something that's, like, really ownable ownable for her. And I feel like that's what the mm-hmm. Mindy Project did, too, to some extent. I think that's where she does some of, like, her best work is when she can, like, add something of her own into it. And I don't know that Four Weddings and a Funeral was, like, the same in that sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. But what do I know? <laughs> <sighs> We're just... Two people over here talking into a microphone. (laughs) Yep. (sighs) All right. Well, so yeah, go watch it. It's very good and enjoyable and it made me happy. And also 
it made me feel a lot of things, and I wasn't ready for my feelings, but here we are. And I think we said this about another show recently, so I'm going to throw it out there. If you're quarantined with your parents, <laughs> you mm. can watch this with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Evaluate your own situation, but I can't <laughs> I did see a tweet have. that was like some woman saying, like, I had lunch with my mom, and she said, I think never have I ever, like, overestimates the, like, how hormonal and desperate for sex Indian teenage girls are. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her and said, no, it didn't, and now we're (laughs) eating lunch in silence. My favorite. (laughs) So, you know, proceed with caution. You know your own family dynamic. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so if you watch this and want to tell us your thoughts please tell us which man is better for davy um you can tell us on twitter at hate watch with us you can find our website hatewatchwithus.com and click the little feedback button or whatever it says that'll take you to an email somehow you can also just email us directly at hatewatchwithus at gmail.com and you can combat the scary outlander people who don't like (laughs) you know the funniest thing about that conspiracy theory that we are putting into the world is that the the more we say it the more likely it is to be true (laughs) if you don't want to spitefully give us a one-star review because you disagreed with something that we said (laughs) one time maybe with regards to a certain film that a certain tall very hot tall man may or may not have been in once yeah yeah um (laughs) please give us a five-star review on apple podcasts um a five-star review is equal to a man that is both hot and tall Ooh. It's like the Adam Driver of men. I don't know if Giving that's a good example. Giving us a... You don't have a good example of a hot and tall man. <laughs> you went with Adam Driver on this podcast? <laughs> I, mean, I was trying to not be controversial. <laughs> no shade to Adam Driver. I'm just saying that we spend a lot of time... Listen, with a different hot tall man on this particular I'm podcast. I'm trying to not bring him into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started to say something funny and now I completely lost it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so alarmed. I'm so sorry. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> oh, I have a five-star review is the equivalent of saying that our podcast is hot and tall. Is, that's what I wanted to say. I like that. That's calling our podcast hot and tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which as far as podcast networks go, I would say is both hot and tall. Ooh. Ooh. Um. <laughs> I would put him at about a 6-1. Yeah. How about that? That feels right. A nice, respectable height. Um, leaving lots of room for your natural hotness. 
And you can find them over at the Thoughtable <laughs> Audio Network. I do this every time. I'm sure they will <laughs> be pleased to be described as hot and tall. <laughs> Thoughtable Audio FM on yeah. Twitter. ThoughtableAudio.com. ThoughtBubbleAudio at gmail.com. And you can also find them on Patreon, where you too can be hot and tall in terms of your monetary contributions to independent podcasting. Yes. I.e. Good job. Give them a lot of money and you'll be hot, I think is what I just said. (laughs) Guaranteed hotness. You heard it here first. Oh, man. Well, that's it. That's it. That's all the thoughts we have. And we'll have another episode for you next time. We'll have more thoughts, but a different subject. Yes. Yeah. So (laughs) thank you for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) This podcast is not sponsored by Truly Hard Seltzer. Nope. But it is sponsored by liquor.